This episode of Quit the Build is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at tryexpressvpn.com slash QTB. That's T-R-Y expressvpn.com slash QTB to learn more. Today on Quit the Build, survey says that gamers have had enough Call of Duty. Cyberpunk 2077 gets reverse review bombed after it goes on sale. And the creator of Second Life throws some cyber shade at Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse. Fire up the Nipsey Dazers with or without the scooter stick. It's time for some QTB. Get ready to quit the build. The QTB crew is rounding up all the gaming news and hot topics of the week with a little extra something. And here are your hosts, Bruno, Brad, and Nick. What it do? You're listening to the QTB podcast. I'm your host, Bruno, and with me are the boys of QTB, our co-hosts, Nick and Brad. Oh, my goodness. And we have got quite the show for you today. First of all, happy holidays, both to Ooh, our listeners and to yeah. you two. We're, we're officially in the thick of it, right? We're post-Thanksgiving now. It's time. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. It, mm-hmm. it, it's here. I know <laughs> Brenda's going to be on... <laughs> Sorry, every time Brad, every time Brad starts to talk, the studio audience just goes. Uh, they go yeah, right. I mean, you know. He's our Urkel. Well, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. And uh, yes, thank quick you. Quick shout out to Brenda. I know she's gonna have a busy month. You know, in HR. You know, she's gonna keep. You know, keep us all busy. Make sure that we file our time and our time off correctly. So I'm back. Oh yeah, we're supposed to file our time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you geez. gotta you gotta do PTO. You know, file for that PTO. Right. That's why I'm not getting paid. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Nick didn't get the memo. Oh geez. Yeah. You're going to have to talk to Jimothy in accounting. Yeah, help found the podcast and you, you get no respect. No respect, I tell you. Well, guys, <laughs> we've got a jam-packed round of news here to get to. But before we do, want to give a shout out to our friends at theghostgeneration.com. They are the hey, makers of... What, what's up? What's up, Bruno? Have you ever accidentally caught a whiff of your own funk? Boy, have I, Bruno. And that's exactly why I got a subscription box from theghostgeneration.com. Uh, they really, seriously, they're an incredible husband and wife team. I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting they are makers of all-natural bath and skincare products with some cool kind of geek themes, uh, resin art, and, and a lot more. My favorite product from them has got to be, they have this candle that's called, holy sh**, where's the Tylenol? Uh, <laughs> which is appropriate because on the Gotta Watch podcast, uh, we're going to be airing our Christmas vacation episode, which of course is where that quote comes from. But you know, the holidays are coming up and I really can't think of a better double whammy than to treat a loved one in your life to a spa package from their Etsy store or even some custom-made jewelry. Support a small business, you know, while you're at it, like I said, one-two punch. And if you subscribe to their quarterly boxes, they'll ask you a couple questions to get to know what you're into, and then they will personally curate a box of incredible products delivered right to your door. You'll save a bundle too. Again, check them out at theghostgeneration.com. Gentlemen, we have a problem, and that problem is fans are playing too many video games. Just people in general. Gamers. What? What? Is that really a problem? Is that... That's the story. Too much video games. Too much video games? We gotta, we gotta tone it down. <laughs> oh no! Some moms got together and said enough. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this story comes from uh, IGN.com. This is a really interesting story because of the survey behind it. And we're going to we're gonna dive into the numbers. It's about Call of Duty. You know, it, Call of Duty is is just that standby of a video game series, right? You know, people say you're going to you're gonna Google something when you when you search for something and people say you're going to play Call of Duty. Oh, what's he doing? Oh, he's playing Call of Duty, you know? It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a concept that's synonymous with gaming and has been for a long time. And right now we're seeing some very interesting sales stats that are showing that their latest release, right, Call of Duty Vanguard, is not doing well. Just to figure out specifically why, a survey went out from gamesindustry.biz in collaboration with PAX and EGX. So they conducted a survey of over 600 uh, convention attendees, and they asked them, you know, hey, what's going on with Call of Duty? You know, are you buying the game? Are you playing the game? If not, why? Right? And to get get that reasoning behind it. Um, And they found that 284 of those individuals said they had purchased a Call of Duty game in the last five 
years, but only 21% of that group said that they had purchased Call of Duty Vanguard. Very Mm. few people are playing it. And the number one reason why they said that they had not purchased Vanguard, the people that normally buy Call of Duty games, said they were too busy playing other games already. 55% of those people asked that question said, I've just got too many games to play. So my, my question is, have we finally reached that point of saturation where people just don't have time to play a staple series like Call of Duty? Or is it a problem with the quality of the game that maybe they're not talking about? Nick, that's a great question. I think it's both. But for the sake of argument, I'm going to say that it's more the fatigue of Call of Duty game series more than the saturation of games in general. Because I, I think at any point there's a, I mean, there's a library of games out, not just on the Game Pass, but to buy in general that I think really fit any type of gamer or gaming interest with gaming styles, gaming types. And you can, there's always a, some out there for us to play. But when you think about just the annual kind of chug and chug and grind release of the Call of Duty series, I feel like it's one of those where if it's always there, it's almost like a given and someone can be like, well, I could play that at any time or I'll just grab the new one next year. Like I feel like Call of Duty is just kind of one of those uh, stable mates in the gaming community where like you can always go to it. So I think other people were uh, embracing in the the other, the, all these new games that have come out that are different, that maybe not be this World War II or even Battle Royale type of game where you can either go to Battlefield, Call of Duty, Fortnite. I mean, now Halo's out. Like, There's so many different other games that are not this genre or even not that play style that I think people are finally embracing and enjoying the diversity that's in the gaming, gaming arena right now versus, well, Call of Duty's out again. That's going to be my game. I feel like people have probably spent multiple years of their lives grinding and playing Call of Duty where they're just saying, hey, you know what? I- I'm ready for something different. Well, on the free-to-play aspect to a lot of these video games is something that is going overlooked here, right? Like we've got Warzone, we have Apex Legends, we have Halo Infinite now. Um, I, I think that the individual Call of Duty games are getting lost in the mix for people that have a preference over, you know, one maybe one series over another. Like if you're a big fan of the Black Ops series, then why not just continue to play Black Ops instead of switching over to Vanguard? when most of the community right now is on Warzone to begin with. And then, like, you know, we've we've talked about with saturation, I I think there are so many options out there that that aid to to gamers in in terms of, like, what their choices might be and what they decide not to play and spend their money on. And that's going to be Battlefield as well. I think the numbers are going to speak for themselves in, in terms of Battlefield versus 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 Call of Duty, although Battlefield will undoubtedly outperform Call of Duty if it hasn't already because they don't produce a Call of Duty or a Battlefield game every year. So it's it's something that I think the fans of the Battlefield series are probably the ones that are going to sink that $70 into the game. But for people that are just, you know, into playing multiplayer shooter games, there's so many options out there. Why I buy a new Call of Duty every single year for a reskin of the game. I mean, you're just losing fans left and right, essentially. Yeah, I was going to say, kind of digging into some more of those statistics that, you know, Nick mentioned, if I combine both, if you look at this, uh, combined 48% of of those surveyed either said that they were either have played too much Call of Duty lately, or as Bruno, you pointed out, were already satisfied with Call of Duty Warzone. So 34% felt they had played too much Call of Duty and another 14% said they were happy with Warzone. So you're talking almost 50% of those that were surveyed feel that they have got their Call of Duty fix. They've already got something they want and they don't need anything else. And so it's that fatigue, right? Like what is Vanguard bringing Mm -hmm. to the table that, you know, the Black Ops series or another Call of Duty has already put forth, right? I I don't know how much more a slightly different campaign that's been resurfaced or or regurgitated is, is, (laughs) is worth the price right because a, a, a lot <laughs> yeah. of others in there were saying that they didn't like the price like games are expensive so what am I really getting from my value so I, I think this survey is not just an insight into Call of Duty but probably a lot of other franchises that are built in the similar fashion you're seeing this fatigue and maybe this FIFA. diminishing <laughs> returns on this type of annual rollout it's it's more of a it's a cash cow not so much fresh new I would say genuine content yeah let's be honest how often like or, 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 or how many changes have they made 
played to Madden over the years, aside from like graphical updates and roster updates, right? Like the game remains the same. There has been no Ooh. real innovation to the <laughs> series. <laughs> I, I, I will, I will, I will challenge you there a bit, Bruno. I would say from a sports standpoint, there's there, the my career modes. There's like you're now in. A, there's ownership opportunities. Like you can carry a team out through different seasons. It's not just the one like like quick play mode or like a season mode. Like I, I will argue, Madden has had more development in terms of what are they changing year after year after year, right? Like if you, of course, those are going to be staples within the game that come year, just like it, it, there is with Call of Duty, like career mode or multiplayer mode. But that doesn't. That's not a, a fundamental change in the game mechanics where we're seeing, you know, oh man, they've revolutionized Madden this year with this this edition. Like, no, it's the same <laughs> shit we've seen over and over again. No, I, I agree with you. All it is is the tinkering of controls. Yeah. And what you'll find is there's people who are very passionate in the sports gaming community about which game they play because of the control, the control changes, right? And well, I argue, I argue drop one game every five years and just allow you to download like the games are built now where they update the rosters instantaneously with injuries or things like that. Or you can play in the mode where it's just like default rosters to the beginning of the season. So yeah, your point's valid, Bruno. You don't need a new sports Madden game every season. You just have downloadable, updated rosters and, and changes and, and stop tinkering with the controls. So, But to your, I, I, but to your point, I, I will say this. Nick Nick can, can attest to this as well. There are just groups and communities of gamers that are still holding tournaments for old Smash games, right, oh, Nick? Yeah. Super Smash Brothers Melee is a beloved game specifically because the mechanics of that game are unlike any other game in the Smash series. You can do certain things with movement mechanics that you can't do with any other game. And because of that, yeah, I mean, people will bust out their, their uh, you know, old school uh, CRTVs as well <laughs> as their, their you know, oh, Wayford GameCube controllers and play, <laughs> you know, classic Smash Melee um, and even, you know, old, old school Smash as well. But yeah, you know, because you have those self-contained games that they're not going to be patched or updated or changed, they are in their eternal state as is, and you can always go back and play them. Yeah, it's very important. And I think a really important thing to note here, I'm glad you guys mentioned the, the sports franchises as well, because that it seems to be that Call of Duty and sports games are the only two things that, you know, having an annual release is an expectation. Now, even though Activision alternates their their developers, right, uh, to, in order to produce a game every year, I think because we're seeing so many delays, it's no longer realistic. And there's another article that I want to bring up, and it's from charlieintel.com, talking about, and this is unconfirmed, but this it kind of corroborates with this story, I think, and these stats that, that came out, that a leaker claims Activision is actually considering changing their Call of Duty annual release schedule, um, hmm. stating, stating that, you know, it's just not working for them anymore, and right now, I mean, they're probably seeing the money that they're making off of Warzone, and they're saying, okay, it, does it, do we really need to put out a game every year? And I think this survey... <laughs> the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what they were, were considering, I think this survey really validates that decision, again, if that information is true. Because I'm sorry, a, a game every year is exhausting. And it's so yeah. difficult now in the era of games as a service, right? Where you know that the effort that you put into a game, if that game still exists five, six years from now, you're going to have that progress and the things that you've unlocked, right? But when you have a game like Call of Duty, where you literally know another game is just a year away, do you really want to keep grinding away and actually spending money on the DLC and, and all the extra things that they're trying to sell you in their cash shop after you've paid full retail price? Hell no. No, and, you, and then yeah. you're not going to be left with it. Like, it doesn't carry over, and that's that's an issue in and of itself regarding these types of these types of games that, mm -hmm. that you know, churn out content. Why you're getting nothing for your, uh, your hard-earned work, like you said, and then, f you know, four years down the road, you've, you've prestiged in every single Call of Duty, but you don't get to carry any progress or weapon skins over. You redo it. <laughs> People redo it game Whoa. after game after game. Yep. The same stuff. Oh, I got diamond in this game and in this game. And it's like, you know what's <laughs> great? When you unlock diamond once and you don't have to do it ever again. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Well, and to, to your points, Bruno and Nick, you know, I think it's validated also by the, the apathy so far in the sales numbers for Vanguard, right? I, I was reading in that article you, from IGN that you, you shared that Vanguard sold fewer units at launch than last year's entry, Black Ops Cold War, both mm -hmm. in, in its mo their biggest markets. I think in the UK and Europe, physical, physical units were down 
percent, and digital copies were down a whopping forty four percent. Yep. So that 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 is a huge downtick in terms of sales. So you're seeing that fatigue, and and again, I think it's to your point, Nick, about huge price point not delivering on unique content. It was you, you see that in the reviews, right? They were talking about although it's a highly polished campaign, it's seem it's advertised and it's shown to be short and has lack of variety, and so it really doesn't distinguish itself from prior Call of Duty games, right? So I think the the consensus, or at least what we're hearing amongst our talk, is that it's just not quite as good. It's a watered down, you know, re refaced version of another game, Call of Duty game. And at what point do people are finally saying, "Okay, white flag, I've I've had enough. Like I'm I'm fatigued. I don't want this anymore. It's not worth the value." It and you wonder if there's lack of continuity or too much continuity between the developers. They're just like trading. Well, here's the one we just built. Go ahead, <laughs> yeah. use that as your start. Right? Oh, definitely. <laughs> You're right. Here you go. (laughs) Why reinvent the wheel? And yeah, yeah, you know, I think both of you are making really good points. And to tie it in what you're both saying, yeah, Brad, you're absolutely right that the uh, the sales of this game are just down compared to Black Ops Cold War. And Bruno, to to your point about Battlefield 2042 inevitably doing better, even though 2042 is reviewing worse right now, last week it was one of Steam's most played games. So absolutely, you know, the the, the (laughs) frequency the games come out, even if it's an absolute just, you know, 11 of a game. Yeah, people still play because they have haven't had a battlefield yeah. in you supply know, and demand years. simple like, economics ah. but they know economics. that if, yeah. if the game gets patched and fixed down the road it's it's all yeah. it's all going to be good you know in another year battlefield's going to be okay it's not in a great state right now but you well, know that's exactly what our next article is right is about right getting patched and and just turning something around absolutely right mm-hmm. but before we get there uh-huh i know who's got a good turnaround <laughs> time and that is our sponsor pierce unlimited for marketing media that works and bespoke design to power your business visit pierceunlimited.com bruno i want you to tell the people what we have right now when you go to pierceunlimited.com it says a little something called podcast packages tell them about it Oh, man, you can grab yourself a podcast package from Pierce Unlimited. If you have a podcast or don't have a podcast, we can help you with setup, evaluation, and guidance for your existing podcast or to just help you get immersed in this emerging market. So be sure to head on over to PierceUnlimited.com and check out all the packages and get your free quote today. Wow. We're moving on. <laughs> uh, a, a, a pitch with alliteration. You got to love it, right? Bruno's the alliteration master. It's something else, man. You don't even do it on purpose, right? No, I do. I try. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I was like, that sounds really natural. You should have said no. That would have been even more impressive. Yeah. I, I, no, I just that's do it. more impressive. I just do it. <laughs> So a very interesting thing happened over uh, really last weekend. And when I saw it happen on Twitter, I saw this tweet that is sparking our story. The story compliments of NME.com talking about Cyberpunk 2077. It's back in the news and this time actually for a, a, a pretty uplifting reason. So for those of you that may not know, on Steam, the game went on sale for their Black Friday sale. Um, it's currently on sale at uh, 50% off, which is one of the biggest sales that it's ever had on, on the PC storefront. And as a result of that, you know, the game started trending on Twitter, people were talking about it because it's been so long um, that I think a lot of players uh, or people that played the game uh, maybe, maybe at launch or just heard about the reviews and the absolute just fiasco that happened at launch and said ah, yeah. I'm going to wait. And that now that they're getting it on sale, they're looking at this game with a set of fresh eyes and they're saying, hey, wait a second, this game's actually not too bad. So what has happened is um, a tweet from Quest designer Powell Sasko says that in the last few days, Cyberpunk 2077 re- received a flood of very positive reviews on Steam from the new players. You can't imagine what this means to me. You know, I, I we always talk about we, we we bash publishers and developers when when games are bad at launch, but oftentimes it's rarely the developer's fault. You know, either they make the game or they don't, but they get pushed to put a game out early. And yeah. I, I I can't imagine the the disappointment, right, and just uh, of someone that put their heart and soul into a game, and you can see it in, in Cyberpunk. You know, you can you can see what that what the vision was, and for them to watch the game just 
just get absolutely dismantled by the media, right? And rightfully so. I, I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying it wasn't warranted, especially on last-gen consoles. It was an embarrassment, um, you know, to, to see all of your work, you know, for what, six, seven plus years? They, they, they worked on Cyberpunk, probably more. To see yeah. it all just go down the toilet like that, uh, it must be very liberating to finally see the tide shifting. And, uh, you know, I, I think, Bruno, you and I have both talked about this in separate capacities, about the experience of playing a game yeah. that is critically panned, but having a different a, a, an experience that is so different from what that hive mind is saying that you're like, this can't be right. You know, you had it when you played Vice yeah. City, right, with the GTA oh, yeah. Remastered trilogy. You had a great time, yep. um, even though the internet said that you shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing it wrong. Yeah. I was doing it wrong, apparently. I was not having fun, right, with right. that game because, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying, right, where we we have these games and and for me, Grand Theft Auto Vice City was uh, a an amazing jump into something that I haven't played in 20 some years, if not longer. And so I didn't notice the things that were missing. It's kind of like when I used to sell TV at Sears. I'm going to take you back a little bit. Oh, when I yes. used to sell those TVs at Sears, we'd have people come up and they'd look at, you know, TV A next to TV B and they'd say, oh, well, the blacks are a little deeper in this one versus this one, but the colors are really sharp in this one. And you know what I'd say to him? I'd say, listen, get the one that you can afford because when you take it home, you're not going to be able to see those comparisons, you know, those A to B comparisons. And I think that's what Rockstar was trying to do when they took all the previous games off. <laughs> Man, some salesman you were. people to see, yeah. Buy the one you can afford. That's not how it works. Open up a Sears credit line and get the big one. Come on. 80 inch. Let's go. Yes, I <laughs> This is why Sears isn't in business anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. I think Bruno has a point, though. Like, thinking about what drove this flood of reviews, right? They dropped the price 50%. So I'm not saying that that's the true value of the game. But I think it's to the point Bruno says, buy what you can afford or buy what seems... Like, that to me now seems like, wow, that's a steal of a deal for a good quality game versus yeah. what we just said about Call of Duty. Man, that's a hefty price tag for what? A, a, a regurgitated version of an older game, right? It's all the perception and the market and the cost go that go into the story and the experience of the game. I feel like when I buy a game that's affordable or like, wow, I bought a game that I didn't think was going to be that great, but I got it for a cheap price. And then all of a sudden, wow, it blows my mind. That's a completely different narrative and experience than when you're like hyped game, big price, and then it flops, right? And yeah. you're like, wow, mm -hmm. like this game, what were these guys doing? And and it undermines the amount of work that all these developers put in. But it's all about the, the strategy of the launch, I think really can shape the success of of this of these games absolutely so right now on metacritic it's sitting at an 86 metascore that's very good generally favorable yeah. the user score which used to be a lot lower i don't know how far it's risen but it's now at a 7.1 with uh, over thirty thousand ratings and i remember when the game initially came out it was nowhere near that i mean it was just getting absolutely lambasted by the public but i think there is that problem of, of hive mind right where once yeah. the general consensus online is that a game is bad everybody just dog piles onto it whether or not they've played the game or whether or not they've just done the research to actually come to their own conclusion. And in and, and today's day and age, you can do that without actually buying the game. You really can. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's, it's it's an unfortunate thing because so many people suffer as the result of that, right? I think people most likely lost their jobs as a result of that, that maybe put their heart and soul into it, but there had to be, you know, that 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 sacrificial lamb, right, of saying, oh, well, this person was responsible and we've we've since let them go. And at the same yeah. time, you know, like you were talking about with Vice City, Bruno, my, my story, and I've talked about this before uh, several times on the podcast with cyberpunk is a great one i had a fantastic time with the game now that being said I, I played it at launch i played it on stadia which ironically you wouldn't think this was the best way to play it because the pc version mm -hmm. was the best way to play it but you had to have a really nice high-end rig um and yeah. that was very hard to come by at, at that point and even up up until today but the stadia version plays great i mean a solid uh, usually 60 frames a second in most places on performance mode um kind of a, i think it was like a 1080p upscaled to 4k and the game itself is good Good. It has great voice acting. The story is fantastic. Yes, it is buggy in places, but I think I had maybe one or two hard crashes for the entire Those can game. Be fun. Yeah. Not the hard crashes, but the bugs. They can't be. <laughs> They can't be. You know, when, you, when, you, 
you yeah. come across a like PC who or like an NPC who's just kind of like walking in midair or a vehicle that is just struggling in in some capacity like those those bits in of gaming are are hilarious to me like yeah. I think it's funny mm-hmm. so you know it's the game breaking stuff right like you said the the crashes or the the corrupt saved files like I I experienced with F1 like it really does take you out of the you gain so much progress and you're like I'm there I'm there and then a corrupt save file happens that locks you out of that and oh, yeah. you don't want to go back and play that anymore mm-hmm. you don't want to experience that you're just like well I'm not getting any progress for that and that's 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 an issue right like that's an issue if you're not feeling you're getting anywhere in a game you're not going to continue to play it you're just going to stop whether it's free to play or or if you happen to pay 60 70 dollars for it yeah well and i would say on top of that i i think i really it makes me appreciate us right and not that we're the only gaming podcast or a place where folks can come and find their gaming news but we just heard well, both we are of you the guys. best we are the best uh <laughs> and, and it's because you heard it here folks yeah <laughs> <laughs> we play the games. You just talked about it, you guys. But yeah. we have you have a fair, um, objective uh, critiques of these games because you've actually played them. You know, Nick, to your point about people jumping on the bandwagon or the wave of just criticizing these games without even playing them, it's like your criticisms are unfounded. You're just believing what people are saying or what you're reading, and that goes across the board, not just with games. You gotta you gotta believe it, see it for yourself. I, I'm not gonna just believe every you know, not believe what I see or what I hear. I gotta experience it myself. And, and I think that, that you know, not default what, you know, games need to have a successful launch. They can't just crash when you load them, right? I mean, there needs to be some type of smooth launch. But I think when kind of reading this article you brought up, Nick, uh, when they interviewed, you know, CD Projekt's president, Adam Kaczynski, hope I pronounced that correctly, he talked about the longevity or believing in the long run of Cyberpunk 2077, right? Perceived as a good game in the long, the long term, right? It will sell for years, especially as the hardware gets better, more powerful, and we will improve it over time so those small bugs the things you know that can be worked out and as they continue to support the game i think lend towards the back end of strong games is not just the initial launch but the continual support and improvement that you can get as they fix those things so i i think for those for the folks out there who play these games and see the legitimate bugs and report them you're helping make the game better for those who aren't for for those who are not and just jumping on the bandwagon and criticizing these it's like give these games a chance there's a lot of good hard people working to make these and not everything goes according to plan and everyone deserves a second chance to make it better so sorry to get off on a tangent there but i i do think i'm glad to see maybe it was the thanksgiving holiday people were feeling feeling like they <laughs> wanted <generous>. to give <laughs> every generous and give them a second chance but it's nice to see these bounce back stories for games that really had a big a big launch big hoopla you know anticipated release didn't go well but now now have seen kind of this cyclical return to some some positive reviews that one of your best rants yet brad i wish i could play some patriotic music behind that that was great give these games a chance you know that's it and yeah it, it, it's great and I, i've talked about my playthrough of it before and to anyone that hasn't heard it and they're thinking about picking this up on sale you know if you play it just play the story that's my personal advice don't try to go off the rails too much because that's when you start to see where they had to cut corners and you really can't you know explore the real details of the map it, it looks visually stunning from top to bottom but there's definitely you know you try to go and well, let me check out this alley or check out this side area or do this like minor <laughs> side mission and you get you're disappointed because it, they don't really provide any kind of dyna- dynamic or interesting content that being said the story content is great the voice acting is top notch Keanu Reeves crushes it in this game as Johnny Silverhand he does a great job with that role and you know regardless of how you play the game his character plays a central role in it so you'll always be interacting with him and the the, the different endings you can get are fantastic I was so satisfied with the ending that I got um it would involve kind of a a romantic interest that i had picked up during the game and i'm not gonna lie the ending got me a little misty-eyed i was i was absolutely satisfied with my purchase with uh, i was absolutely satisfied with my purchase when the credits rolled 100 you know i'm already on my second playthrough about halfway through the game knowing the flaws of it and i'm still willing to play it so you know i I think brad you hit the nail on the head of saying that there are a lot of factors outside of the quality of the game itself right i think bruno you you alluded to this too um that really contribute to how people 
people perceive it. Um, like like with the trilogy, right? The definitive trilogy for GTA. You know, yeah. them delisting the originals and then not having any whiff of GTA 6, but then putting this out led to a much larger backlash than the actual quality of these games um, when you actually view them uh, without all of that extra noise. Yeah, so, don't get me wrong. I'm yeah. not saying it's a 10 out of 10 experience no. here, but it certainly isn't a point four <laughs> out of 10, <laughs> like a 0.4 experience. That's just a little harsh. So, so. brutal. <laughs> That's a zero. Yeah, That's really a zero was. if we use like, rounding. Like, oh, we round down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so funny. But uh, yeah, you know, time will tell. And I think, you know, at, when they actually do release the next gen version of the game, that is still slated for release in 2022, as well as actually supplementing the game with more than just bug fixes, like, uh, with more than just bug fixes, we get those extra uh, content packs that they've been promising us, a lot of which are going to be free to flesh out what we have in the game. It, it's going to be okay long term. I, I, I think that sentiment from Adam is right, that it is going to be a long term success. I know we've got another story to get to, but I want to ask you guys a quick question. It really, be- to me, this really is another example that begs the question is, what's the right amount of content that is a good for an initial release versus long term, re- like additional content, whether it be downloadable or just free, free to add on? Like, it seems like the model of the game of, of, of a gaming release should change. Like you should build enough that it gets people's palette wet. It's fun to play, but you don't need it to be all encompassing a day one, right? You can tier almost stagger the content release, right? And be able to make it seem like the game just keeps getting better with more dynamic content and releases versus, and have this game have a long run versus it being everything at once. Like we used to get kind of, like you said, Nick, those kind of built from day one, that's all you get. And you can't, there's nothing you can add to it, you know, and once you play it, it's done. Like, it seems to me like longevity of games and value of games could be more better suited with those staggered releases of content. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, though, that especially in today's day and age of, of delays and the problem of the cost of video games at, at release has not gone up in, in quite some time, right? This jump from 60 to 70 yeah. bucks is the first one in like 20 years. And you go back to, you know, the, the Toys R Us ad days where they show like SNES and N64 games listed for like 90 bucks before inflation, you know, that's more like one, yeah. one, 140, 150 in today's dollars. Mm-hmm. And because we have that static price, I just don't think it's realistic to put something in front of people and say, this is what we expect because you can't you can't have a, a developer anymore that produces a 300 hour completely finished, top to bottom, fully polished, don't need any patches, don't need any updates game. It can't be done because if you're going to sell that at 60, 70 bucks and people are going to buy it once, blow through your game and then never come back to it, there's a balance somewhere and that's why every publisher, every developer seems to have their own approach to it and we see models mm. that work better than others but it's always tricky when there's a, an upfront price tag as to like okay well, well how much content should there be um, and now that we're in that games as a service era I think there is that expectation that you get more content I will say I, I think PlayStation does it best um, with their exclusives right that's their wheelhouse where the games that they release as exclusives especially in the PS5 generation are you know fully fleshed out experiences that pretty much are ready to go from day one and I think that's one of the reasons why fans of of PlayStation and Sony uh, enjoy those games because they know they can just sit down and just sink their teeth into just a meaty experience that maybe they won't come back to in six months or a year. They after definitely their first won't playthrough. come back to in six months or a year. Yeah. We've seen the that, but yeah, you're right. And you also have to realize too that these PlayStation games, these exclusive, very rarely have a multiplayer experience tagged along with a single player campaign. Mm-hmm. So I think the the what it comes down to is an expectation of of delivery versus the value that you 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 pay for the game, right? I think what we might end up seeing from these types of games is more games like Call of Duty move to a a, a free to play multiplayer service like Halo Infinite is doing, um, and war you know continued with Warzone, where not only they have uh, a battle royale mode, but just a normal arena multiplayer mode, and then I think we might see campaign only games come to the price of 40 or $50, right? Maybe it's a little less, but it's stripped down and they can keep that same price or or maybe it remains the same price and it's just a single player experience in and of itself. I think we're going to see more, more things happen in, in the future regarding that where basically games switch to a free-to-play multiplayer mode where they can continue those things and then give these developers free 
free reign on creating a single single player experience that they don't have to tack on a multiplayer mode just for the sake of tacking on that mode for you know just you know for replayability or whatever yeah absolutely well bruno i'll tell you what has replayability and that is our patreon brad why don't you tell us who our patreon supporters are well, a big shout out to our Patreon subscribers, Nick Nick, Epic Capture Productions, The Dudas Monk, Indie Gamiacs, Alan Abadessa, and Mr. Grove Games. What was Ooh. that, Bruno? Are you like opening up the hatch? I did. I, op- <laughs> I opened up the cyberpunk hatch to, oh. to oh. the next segment. I know what you were doing. You were opening up the, the QTB Nostalgia Vault. I was. That's what it was. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, which is appropriate because we just uh, aired our... November episode. If you don't know, every month we put out a special bonus show that our fans come up with through Patreon. They get to help determine the topic. It's always a nostalgic thing. We'd look at that mostly 90s stuff because that was our wheelhouse. And this yeah. month we did 90s game shows. Bruno, you and I had oh, an absolute blast talking about I all of the Nickelodeon game shows that we grew oh, up yeah. with. And of course, you played all of the theme songs as well. <laughs> oh, I did. Yeah, that's that's the that's exactly what you're and I'm not gonna play them here because we want want you to go and listen to him on that Patreon. <laughs> That's exactly I, I threw right. you for a loop. You thought I was going to do it, and I didn't. If you want the Double Dare theme song, head on over to that Patreon.com slash Quit the Build. Tears start at $2, people. That's and it. You get the, or if you want a, you know, a, a shout out to your for your grandma or your business or whatever, uh, $5. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. That's going to give that you a, a shout bargain. out on all of our episodes of QTB for the month that you're subscribed and got to watch as well. Well, you can't beat that value. Um, it, again, it's just a great way to support us. You know, we keep saying that it really does help our network grow and for us to uh, support more people as they join the network and just provide you with higher levels of, of quality content and even do giveaways like we did uh, just last week when we drew our name for that uh, QTB giveaway. Well, yeah. guys, we have another story to get to. This one is very interesting. You know, it, it's one of those tech stories that we really should address because I think this concept of the metaverse, right? Mark Zuckerberg has really tried to bring it to the forefront. We've seen these plays from Facebook, especially with their acquisition of Oculus, to try and get these, you know, very inexpensive headsets, right? The Oculus Quest 2 has a very low price point in the hands of as many people as possible with the intent of them kind of trying to flesh out this social meta experience that honestly, it, it still comes across as novel and we'll, we'll, we'll get your takes. But the story, again, coming from IGN.com, the, the creator of Second Life, who, and for those of you that don't know, Second Life has been around for a hot minute. It has been since 1990. 22 years that this this PC application has been around in the article for this. an episode on The Office where uh, Jim Jim and (laughs) Dwight had a second life and he was (laughs) Oh man, you're right. Yeah, Yeah, Jim plays guitar in Second Life. It's like, what what, what is that? Yeah, Yeah. and you know, it's one of those games, you really can't even call it a game but more like a social platform that has been around for so long and it kind of stands the test of time and in a way, what they're doing on Second life kind of mimics what the metaverse is supposed to be, right? The metaverse being this concept of all of these things coming together in an online space. There's social aspects and and you have avatars and you can interact in this new world, basically Ready Player One, (laughs) just basically the the plot of Ready Player One. Um, But the creator of Second Life, his name is Philip Rosedale, um, did a, a recent interview with Axios and he spoke about his doubts over basically this attempt to build a metaverse from Facebook, now meta. I'll never get over that change and the questions that remain you know with with how digital spaces are going to go you know going forward have either of you guys ever played second life bruno have you have you played that game no i i have a pretty good first life to be honest with you nick that i don't <laughs> need to go on and have second life and i for, for me i can understand why the creator has doubts let's be honest second life really hasn't made waves um ever like the yeah. the most popular second life ever became was that offhanded mention it had in the office that you said oh yeah I remember that Mm -hmm. yeah exactly because what he's doing is creating a a fake universe that he wants to be a real universe whereas Mark Zuckerberg is going to take the real universe and put it into a virtual world where you can walk around that where those the impact and, and things that you do within the real world 
You know, it's the same thing. There's no, you know, there's no change from that. And I think that's the difference here, right? Like, I know Brad hasn't played Second Life. Brad, have you ever wanted to have a Second Life of your own? (laughs) No, no. Uh, Bruno, you're spot on. You know, not to say that I don't think there's potential for something like what, you know, Zuckerberg wants to build. But I I think besides covering his own kind of, you know, you know, kind of fluffing his own career about, well, I've already attempted to build a metaverse and it didn't go as I wanted to and maybe (laughs) it's not possible is it begs the question you joke about having a second life is I don't know how many people it's I don't know if it's going to be for everybody right I I still don't I personally don't think I see I I haven't bought into the vision fully yet right like and maybe it won't be for everybody right maybe there'll be a large contingent who get on this metaverse train with 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 Zuckerberg and 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 it becomes something that he advertises it to be but I still think there's there's already a large contingent of people today who just don't who who shun technology and want to be one with nature and be outside and like live with simplicity right so this seems true but are they really contributing anything in terms of you know to the tech sphere you know in general the answer is no right no no it's too different it's too but that's what i'm saying is it's two completely different coexisting groups of people right so of course just like there's people who don't get on facebook now there will people that there will be people that don't adopt this but the average person you know if you that's like saying you know i'm not going to i I'm not going to adapt resumes into my life. I'm just simply not going to do it. <laughs> well, you could do that, but yeah. you're not going to be able to get, get a, a job, job, right? You know, and so that's going to be the same thing with this. Like, you know, you could choose not to, to do that, but if it's integrated into every aspect of your life, then you have no choice but to do it. And the accessibility, right? So that's yeah. the beauty of Facebook or any social media, right? It's at the click of your fingers. It's easy to use. Yeah. It's just intuitive and, 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 and it's it, you get sucked in, right? And you're just like, oh man, I just sat there for longer than I want to admit, just scrolling, right? Yeah. So if the metaverse yeah. becomes that accessible, and like you said, Bruno, that integrated into our baseline society, then yeah, there will be, it will be hard for the average consumer to not be in some way connected to that, right? But maybe that's what I'm missing. I haven't seen, or we don't know how that's going to trend, you know, trend, right? How how accessibility is going to make that be become so integrated. Accessibility is never going going to be an issue. It's never going to be an issue. It's just going to be a matter of time. Look at 20 years ago. We didn't have, everyone didn't have a personal computer in their home. Even just 20 years ago was something that, you know, people were still getting on board with that. Smartphones didn't really exist 20, 20 some years ago. Right. Uh, so, and now everyone has these types of things. So the, uh, the rate at which technology is progressing is so fast. So for us to say, well, not everyone's going to have an Oculus. Like everyone will have that in the future because it will be something that it, it's it will be no different than a computer in your home or some type of tablet, right? Instead of those existing tablets, like they will make a VR headset or whatever. And that's all, all we have to do really is wait for Apple to jump on board. And as much as I hate Apple, you know, mm-hmm. I, I know that once they create something like that 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 they push out to the people that that there you go yeah. you've you've already done it and everyone's going to have something like that so in terms of accessibility it's never going to be an issue it's just a matter of time sure not everyone has a vr headset right now but everyone has a smartphone but if 10 years down the road it's easier to just wear a pair of glasses instead of carrying a smartphone where you're using ar technology and maybe something like wearable technology, which we're already wearing watches. Like I know I am, and I know you are Brad. I think that it's just a matter of time before that accessibility becomes something that everyone has access to. Um, Might not be this year, obviously, but that's never what it was meant to be. But for second life, the second life creators say he has doubts because his metaverse didn't work out and he's been at it since 1999. And I've yet to see an 
advertisement, although I'm sure I will now because they're listening to me. But I mean, come on, right? Well, n- n- yeah, I was gonna say, Nick, are you on board? Like, do you see the vision? Are you are you optimistic and and interested in the metaverse that Zuckerberg wants to build? Not the one that he presented with that that first video because it was so <laughs> awkward. Like, it was so cringy. I'm sorry. That's not how you. That's not how you sell people on your vision. And I get that it was a a trial run, but Mark should yeah. not have been in that video. Um, and this, the, 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 I'm sorry, the interaction. <laughs> Been in that video. The conversations <laughs> that he has with the other people, right? It, it harkens back to that whole sweet baby Ray's fiasco. He's where- a robot. <laughs> what do you expect? Yeah, from I know him? He he's, is. Already, he's, he's he's advanced in artificial already. intelligence. You can't expect him to be like perfectly human. <laughs> yeah. Every now and then he short circuits. I get it. Um, yeah. especially when sweet baby Ray's is mentioned. But <laughs> not a sponsor. But for the, the delicious taste is just he can't handle it. What I'm saying is that, you know, going back to Second Life, it really is not an unsuccessful platform. And I want to make that clear. It's been yeah. around for 22 years and counting. It yeah. has there a dedicated go. fan base. It's never really needed to advertise anything. But you talk about things like the concept of, of NFTs and, and and virtual property ownership, that kind of thing. Second Life has been doing it long yeah. before anybody else. So Second That's Life true. has actual parcels of land. Okay, it's, yeah. a, it's a dedicated world that you can purchase and you have to pay like monthly upkeep in order to own that land. Once you have it, you can build anything on it. They also have a creator system where you can make things in the game. You can design it and code it within the game. You can make furniture or walking animations or new skins, whatever. It's, yeah. it's very interesting how it actually plays out. Yeah, but see, but that's all in the game, right? Like yes. that's that's in yeah. the game. You purchase in the game from the game. That's not what the metaverse is about. Oh, the metaverse is saying yeah. we're going to take existing things that you have Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to like, let's say, scan them into your virtual world. So that way you could have a virtual office that's a one-to-one recreation yeah. of your home office or whatever you want it to be. Or, you know, it, that's that's taking something from the physical world and putting it into the digital world instead of creating something in the digital world for the digital world. Oh, yeah. No, right? I, I like, track there, it totally. There's no yeah. benefit for, for creating that unless you're going to live your life in second life whereas this is taking it one step further and saying okay it would be cool to own digital property and stuff but what if you could translate that digital property into physical property and you know that's kind of where I think this is going you're right it's something that is obviously going to look cringy when the technology is not there right To, to, to try and create something that doesn't exist and give people an idea you're only you know you can only do that with so much video editing and stuff like that and as an animator i've had some weird requests like you know let's have some people play ping pong on top of a bus as it's moving across you know i'm like what sure ping pong on sure why not right because <laughs> that makes sense let's put some sweet baby rays back there on that just so we can yeah. let everybody know that that's the future <laughs> oh yeah but what i want to say here is that if if i were someone that was trying to develop such a radical concept as as the metaverse, especially when trying to figure out ways to normalize social interactions in that realm, right? I would absolutely want somebody like Rosedale as somebody that I could I could consult with because the guy has absolutely mm. been there. You're right. In terms of the things that you make, yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's all in a self-contained universe. But the, the point being that there's even ways in Second Life that you can monetize because in, in the game, um, you can convert your actual US dollars into their currency in the game. They're called Lindens, sell things and buy things and then convert those Lindens back into US dollars, kind of like Roblox, except unlike Roblox, it's not predatory in the way that they actually do it. Roblox is is god awful. And that's that's a whole rant for another day. But at least as far as the social interactions go, you would want someone like that who has had 20 plus years in that space, who knows what his people have been, his players have been telling him over the years of what works and what doesn't work in a digital environment when you're trying to create social uh, interactions or social venues right talking about creating these big concerts right that you could have in a metaverse setting where you and your friends are you know watching a stage and interacting at the same time um i I think there's some value in in getting that feedback of someone who has so much experience in kind of a parallel space like you said bruno not the same but in some ways comparable enough that i i think there's some wisdom there at the end of the day though i think this this article is kind of a fluff piece and i think it really is just him throwing shade at like oh they're they're doing it better (laughs) (laughs) they really are like they of 
course. Like, they're taking it that one step further. And I think that even games like Fortnite are starting to get into that second life mentality, right? Where there's concerts in the game. I mean, Brad and I have both attended events within Fortnite where we're, you know, at a concert together in in this digital world. So it's starting to bleed over into regular games as it is. And, and this seems like a, an attempt to say, hey, we're still here. We've been doing it for a long time. And you're right. There is merit to that, to be the first to the, the party, right? Like, but it doesn't matter if you're first to the party, if you're not the life of the party. And that's something that Facebook is and will continue to be. Same thing with uh, Fortnite in that as- aspect, right? Until something else comes and takes its place. These things happen to be a part of our everyday life. And even if you don't like Facebook, you know, you're probably using Instagram or, um, you know, maybe you're using WhatsApp or something like that. So uh, you're you're still you're still experiencing it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I guess I'm struggling between the balance of, you know, will this metaverse be more VR versus AR or a combination of both? I, I really dig the wearable technology piece of that. If I can experience kind of a lens into the metaverse with wearable technology but I'm still present like I, I can see that but I, I'm struggling a bit more yeah. on the VR side so definitely I think there's a lot to be fleshed out and understand how this is all going to conceptualize uh, but uh, definitely an interesting take on Second Life and and the fact that like to your point Nick there is a dedicated following and it's been around for 22 years so there's something right there but there's also a lot to learn and, and to build the, the next iteration of the metaverse well Brad I'll tell you about some wearable technology that we've got and that's the QTB holiday sweater the technology is you can wear it it's a sweater and it says with the build it's our it's it's the ugly sweater style you're gonna want this thing and if you go to our brand new merch page okay quitthebuild.com slash merch now that page is gonna take you straight to all of our amazing designs uh, in, yes. in collaboration with Pierce Unlimited a lot of new designs beyond that one there's some cool ones with some uh, Pokemon gym badges among others so take a look there's a lot of great choices but yeah for the holidays I'm gonna oh. tell you you can't beat that quit the build shirt Nick newsflash it's not just a shirt you can get the, the- the holiday quit the build uh, logo, not just in shirt, long sleeve shirt and a sweater. So for all shapes, sizes, yeah. uh, warmth, coldness, you can get a sweater, a long sleeve shirt, or just your basic t-shirt in multiple colors. It's We've got all your 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 needs there at the merch store. Go check it out. I know I'm getting one. I'm sold. And especially as it's all done by Amazon, so you can get that prime shipping with it. I think oh, it yeah. takes maybe like an extra day mm-hmm. um, for them to produce it, but the quality is really great um, and, and it's great to work with Amazon Merch um, to provide those with you guys. So if you head on over to uh, our community page where our our swag used to be, our swag, that is, uh, you can catch all of our social, social icons there. We've got TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, links to all those so you can follow us around the web and you can even join our Discord where Discord Lord Terry is keeping up with all of the memes, all, all of, of the fun things. I mean, we've got a lot of cool things coming in the future for QTB, and we're just so excited. We're coming up on a year here, guys. Unbelievable. One year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. That's a lot of content. I was just talking to Bruno, uh, but between uh, Quit the Build, Gotta Watch, and our Nostalgia Vault episodes, we have uh, recorded, uh, edited, and published over 100 episodes. Like, that is <laughs> insane. <laughs> wow. It's uh, Time flies. It really does. But uh, it's been a lot of fun watching uh, the network grow. And of course, our amazing network partners like uh, One Hour, One Decision, uh, the Double DQ podcast, and a whole lot more. Shout out, of course, to Kung Fu Penguin, our resident streamer and influencer. But that's about all I got for the people. Bruno, why don't you take us out of here? Well, until next time, you can listen to us wherever podcasts are heard. Just search for Quit the Build or head to quitthebuild.com and you can hear all of our episodes, including all of our network podcast episodes. For Nick and Brad, I'm Bruno. For Bruno and Brad, I'm Nick. And for Nick and Bruno, I'm Brad. Peace out. What it do? Hands up. Do we kind of cool? Support for this podcast comes from viewers like you. Visit patreon.com slash quit the build to join the QTB crew today. Mm-hmm.